like my father was in East Tennessee land of free home free spent time as a kid hills of Carolina mountains and valleys there there's no place finer still my time keeps ticking away I'll just keep Yeah, it is episode 12. It's also January with a 1 and then a 2 <laughs> for the 24. That's true. Hey! Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hello everyone! What is up? We are uh, together in Sarah's little podcast closet in good old Tennessee. It's awesome. Cuddled up. Uh, Heat and pad in tow. Make sure Morgan doesn't freeze to death. Yeah, I'm bundled also. Just uh... had a little flatulence. <laughs> she was like, God, I don't know what messed my stomach up. And I'm like, it's called fucking stress because we had a very stressful family dinner. Yeah, we just had a family visit. So this is quite timely. And, and then I hotboxed our closet. It wasn't the food. <laughs> okay. The food was fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, excuse Sarah's voice. Yeah, uh, so I'm Sarah. It really is me, guys, I swear. <laughs> My voice has been gone for a week. I've been tested for everything. I'm negative. I feel fine. Just having some dryness and some laryngitis, so getting to sound kind of so cali <laughs> yeah you sound kind of like sophia bush yeah <laughs> that's what one of my friends always tells me i sound like when i'm um raspy yeah yeah um so that is sarah i know she sounds new and different i'm the older cousin i've yeah. been here a while <laughs> i'm morgan i'm the younger cousin uh yeah and like we said we're together uh we did take a break last week as you guys know uh hopefully you're all caught up now everyone has listened to everything uh because of sarah's voice i mean it was worse yeah, believe mean, it or not yeah like i was having some serious struggles and you know we've had a lot of fronts with weather moving which affects me but yeah really this is like only the second time i've ever lo- lost my voice like this yeah for multiple days so i've been on the roids i mean i'm trying everything if you have suggestions please let me know yeah well it's frustrating when you're like you're feeling better but your voice is still just not back and you're like damn it i just want to talk loudly and normally like on the drive home yeah exactly i want to make these points and i can't make these points (laughs) with this voice i need to yell (laughs) yeah exactly um so we decided that we are going to do just kind of a 2022 state of the union (laughs) we're gonna just kind of tell you guys what's been going on lately kind of dive in i know i've mentioned like a few times like mom and i are not on speaking terms and you know whatever Um, and Sarah's kind of mentioned a few things, too. We just figured, shit, you guys have been along for the ride. You've heard a lot of past stories. We might as well just catch up on current. The present, The man. present. The current situation. Yeah, because it's relevant. It is relevant. Like, we have all kinds of things and stories and stories and stories and stories that we could talk about that are valid and have great points. But, you know, one of the things that we came into this year with as everyone does you know like just trying to make it a better year but I think the last couple of years that we've had are more significant from a mental health standpoint and a family standpoint than anything probably I've experienced during my life and generation and you know I started out this year strong like 
I'm going to do yoga with Morgan, like, every day. Like, I, you know, screw depression, screw anxiety, screw all the bad stuff that's happening. Like, I'm going to make this my year. Literally. New Year's Eve. Who's sick? <laughs> Me! <laughs> and it's just like, I'm ringing in the new year with my Cracker Barrel by myself <laughs> because I can't hang out with anybody. And then I've done one yoga, and that was yesterday. I was supposed to do it every day with Morgan. But, you know, it's kind of like... Even though those goals didn't happen, I'm trying to, like, not make myself feel like I have to walk it back. Like, I'm trying to just, like, start now and move forward. But, you know, one of the things that Morgan and I try to be conscious of is sometimes we we think that we say a lot, like, it's been a rough week, which valid like a lot of times when we're recording like some traumatic stuff has happened that we're dealing with and we just want to really illuminate that even with that in our life like we work so hard to be successful and happy and truly have beautiful lives Mm -hmm. but the fringe that we deal with is uh is pretty pretty deep so you know um last year I think I mentioned my mother who is an active addict and has conditions that are related to her addiction that are killing her I want to say last year she was admitted basically emergently to the hospital probably at least 19 to 20 times Mm -hmm. by the end of the year And so here we are, Morgan's first visit here to Tennessee, came in yesterday, and we'll get into the stigma about Morgan visiting, but Mm -hmm. it's like, Morgan even said yesterday, she was like, do you have any negativity about me coming in? Like, not between us, but just like, you know, aura stuff, like how, how's the situation feeling? And I had been working on her space in my house to make it extremely inviting. I like bought her some plants. (laughs) So sweet. Because like I knew the travel in was going to be difficult for her. So she gets here last night was pretty good. Like Mm -hmm. felt like things were going to be normal. And of course this morning, Monday, we're both in meetings just back to back to back to back. The bottom falls out and my mother wound up back into the emergency room Mm -hmm. going into the ICU. And it's just like, it starts this whole process of, I got to find her. I got to figure out what her condition is because they usually start calling me, which they did. And when you have a family member who can't communicate for their self, the next to kin has to be that person. So that by default falls on me. So I had already been contacted. I mean, she's in, she can't walk or do things for herself. She has immense infections everywhere from intravenous drug use and lets herself get completely septic before being drugged back to the hospital. And literally the nurse today, after I got through to them, said, I just... I have no words for her condition. I don't even know what to say to you. It's just so sad. Mm -hmm. And I just told her, because I mean, it's devastating. And I was like, I, I know I'm aware. The, the issue, just for some clarity as to like why she is in such bad shape is that, you know, basically she, she got into a really horrible health condition because of, you know, inter- intravenous drugs. Um, she's an active heroin user. Um, and she got so bad 
that she went to the hospital, you know, that kind of started off at the beginning of last year. Um, and then, but the problem when you're an active addict is, you know, you're in the hospital and you, you don't have your drugs to use. Their drugs are not as good. Exactly. (laughs) Um, exactly. So she essentially, it's just been this like repeated, repeated pattern for an entire year of her going into the hospital for a few days, you know, getting some care, but then leaving before she's actually, um, what do they call that? Discharge. Discharge, Well, yeah. so it's when you leave AMA, so, like, basically on your own cognizances against yeah. the medical advice. And, like, insurance wouldn't cover you if right. you were actually claiming insurance because, basically, you're going against the profession's advice. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of trickled up to last year. Like, for the past several years prior to that, my father and I would have to take her for infections. That's true, yeah. And it's from... It's from using needles, and it's not just heroin. It's also meth, Mm -hmm. for sure, Um, maybe other substances. But when you have used so much in your veins and you get scar tissue, apparently the next option is to start using an other tissue, and it eats the tissue and causes huge abscess. And so Mm -hmm. we had like seven coined abscess over the past several years leading up until this past year and then it started in her legs and it's just I mean if you could imagine sort of what a cigar burn would look like but then like amplify it and then imagine it spreading and just taking all the skin like she's had many 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 surgeries to like clean up the skin um, and get the infection out intravenous. I mean, she's literally got encephalopathy this year, which is brain damage because of her body being in a septic state. Mm-hmm. She's been on, you know, life support so many times. So really for my mental health at this point, because, you know, I've stayed with her. I love her. She's my mom. I want to see her be better. Once she's in the hospital for so many days, like she does get better from the uh, the outside drugs and her mind comes back a little bit Mm -hmm. which gives me that hope which always winds up sucking because it never follows through but it's like you know I I want to be there for her but at this point because of the decision she makes if she is able to communicate I don't go to the hospital yeah I only go when she can't do anything for herself. She can't communicate or she's on life support because I can't keep putting myself through it. And as sad as it is, like, that's just where I am from a mental health standpoint. And the fact that she's still living is just absolutely egregious at this point. I mean, it's it's pretty shocking. And I mean, yeah, so that's basically what the entire year has been is her going into the hospital at least once a month, sometimes multiple times in a month. And it's like, if she would just stay and get the actual care that she needs, she probably wouldn't be where she is right now. Um, who, I mean, who's to say, but it's, it's just truly a horrific situation. And I mean, you know, I watched Sarah many times um, last year, just kind of like spend all of her time at the hospital, pour everything into being there for her mom. Um, and just like to the point where like, you know, she was definitely putting, taking care of her mom above herself. And, you know, I just told Sarah, like, 
you've got to take care of yourself. And it's just hard with addiction. Like, you know, we've talked about it a lot. There's that hope that you feel. I mean, every time she goes into the hospital, we think, okay, great. Like she's away from the situation. She's away from, you know, her community that she uses with, you know, her, you know, the drugs leave her system after so long. And so we all do have this hope that like, okay, maybe she'll want to get help. Maybe this is finally it. You know, this will be the time. Um, so it's just been a really hard year of that constantly happening. And I mean, we finally just had to get to a point and, you know, Sarah had to get to a point where it was like, yeah, I can't do this. Like at the end of the day, like these are her decisions. Like she's choosing to leave the hospital every time. Like it's, it sucks. Like, you know, at some point, like, I've had to kind of, you know, we talk a lot about like, it's not that she doesn't want to get help. It's not that she doesn't love, you know, us and the family enough to get help. It's not that she loves heroin more than us. Like, it's just, it's truly like an addiction of, you know, a disease of the brain. It is. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, you just have to accept that like, it's, it has nothing to do with her lack of love for you, but that it is a disease and and a condition and it takes over the brain. Um, But that's just, yeah, that's the place we've had to get to. And what's really also very sad and you know, everyone's really experiencing this with COVID is when you have infection or you're an intravenous user, they will put a measure in place when you first get to the hospital and get admitted after the ER. There's like all these stipulations and rules. And I know all of our hospitals and all their different (laughs) protocols very well now, but you're not allowed to have visitors. Yeah. And And I mean, I think part of the reason which has happened with my mom is friends that are users will come and bring substances and then you have to do the room searches and there's people passing out and there's the patient getting stuff they're not supposed to. So like usually there's like a seven day time period where it's like no contact, which is sort of kind of part of what they do if you were to go into rehab or a cleanse anyways. But it's super sad because she's like in the most pain, miserably, indescribably, than she could ever be. Her system's failing. They can't give her drugs. She's in pain, you know, and she's also withdrawing off of the drugs that she's been on, and she's experiencing all of this by herself, and a lot of times wasn't able to even give herself a drink of water, and so going through all this alone, usually the surgeon can make the decision to let family visit, And again, if there's like life support and stuff like that, usually they throw the rules out the, you know, out the door. But sometimes with some of these surgeons that she's been under the care of, it's gone longer than seven days. So like there's been times when I did want to help her and I can't and she has to suffer alone, Mm -hmm. which is very much what a lot of people are going through with this pandemic. And it's just like, I mean, God, from a mental health standpoint, like, I just don't think we have a good grasp on it from Mm -hmm. just like a, a systematic standpoint. Yeah. I mean, yeah, truly, if you are a, a healthcare worker, like my God. I mean, I don't know how you're doing it. I hope you're taking care of yourself. Jesus. So, I mean, the other piece is that the rest of our family, (laughs) Morgan's mother, our Nana, they like to victimize her. So it's, oh, she's in the hospital. Let's go kick out all of her friends. Oh, they're doing this to her. There's always this blame game. And so 
you know, with Morgan and I, it angers us because it's like we understand the reality of the situation. Yeah. And they're still, like, kind of trying to enable her, I guess you would say. Yeah. And so usually the health and relationships we have with them, like today, are super strained. Yeah. Because they're going through all of this emotional toll being, other than me, her closest relatives. And it just creates this whole new... uh, anxious, stressful dynamic to an already really fucked up situation. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, we've kind of obviously discussed in a previous episode about, like, our Nana's kind of, like, denial of reality. Um, Yeah. And I, I think that is a coping mechanism of hers. I think... I don't know if it's a generational thing. We know she's been through a lot of trauma, um... And yeah, I think it's a, it's a coping mechanism, but I guess like with my mom and our Nana, they, it's kind of like, that's their little sister and daughter. And it's, I guess they can't just accept that like, these are her decisions and it's easier for them to paint it as she's victimized and Mm -hmm. oh, these other people are doing it. Um, yeah, and and, and it, it's just obviously Sarah and I are not there because we're like, that's not reality. Like, she's made these decisions, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, I mean, I've taken countless calls this last year alone. Don't you love your mother? You know, um, don't you want to be there for your mother? Why can't you do something? And it's like, well, because she's over the age of 18. I've talked to every state resource, every social worker, every hospital advocate. There is literally nothing I can do. And to prove someone incompetent to make medical decisions for their self Mm -hmm. is a very difficult task when it's someone who is technically mentally sound, but suffering with addiction. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, that's just not how addiction works. Like, I wish it were. I wish we could be like, well, sorry, here's, we're making these decisions for you. But like, it's not how addiction works. No, you have Um, absolutely no power over it. No. And so, yeah, they, they aren't really in a place to fully accept that. I mean, I feel like over the years with how bad things have gotten, they've kind of come around, but they, I mean, they very much still make the comments very to Sarah yeah. of, you know, don't you love your mother? And it's like, yeah, of course she loves her, but like, that doesn't mean she needs to keep going back to the hospital and taking time away from her own life and her own mental health to care for this woman who keeps, she wouldn't be in the hospital if she weren't doing the things that she were doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is not love. Like, you know, kind of pouring yourself dry for someone who keeps making the a repeated bad decision that's not love and what gets to me is where addiction is such a cycle what kills me is she would get to periods of time after weeks in a hospital where i mean the drugs are out of her system but i think what's minimized a lot is the impact that drugs actually have on you long term from a mental health standpoint Oh, yeah. Because, like, she would consciously, after being technically clean from a from a chemical standpoint in her body, make the decision to leave and start over with the drugs. But that's not taking into account, like, the mental damage. 
that it's caused. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting. And I don't, I mean, we're not obviously qualified to like speak on it. Cause one, we've never suffered ourselves with addiction yeah. and two, obviously we aren't like mental health and medical professionals, but that's a really interesting point. Um, it's like, is it, is it partly like what you're comfortable with and like, that's your community and that's like the life that you've known. Right. Like, Cause I'm like, well, you're clean. What are you doing? Why would you want to start over? Right. You know, like, or does it just long term you have that craving or like yeah I mean I guess that is the case yeah it that's a really interesting point yeah yeah dang. like okay so let's just start with like our theory so every time Morgan visits bad shit happens yeah no literally every <laughs> fucking time and obviously you know we're we're we've started year three we're about to start year three of this pandemic uh, in March in two months um so I've been working remotely now for you know over two years which is so weird to hear she said that the other day and she she said you know for years and I was like god it has already been that <laughs> it's long. been yeah literally a couple years since I've been into an office which is so crazy but um so I've been in a lot and obviously I think we've mentioned in previous episodes I, during the pandemic I kind of ended my I, I don't know I said kind of I did end my lease <laughs> in DC and I moved back with Sarah for about six months uh, here in Tennessee and so I've, I was I've all that to say I've been back and forth a lot and no shit every fucking time I come in either our Nana or Sarah's mom ends up in the hospital like every time the next day it's really sometimes weird sometimes them both going by ambulance the same day the next day. Yeah. That's happened multiple times. And not to mention the, the episode where we discuss my father going into the hospital yes. that week unexpectedly that I came in. And I'm like, Out of the blue. Am I a curse? I do remember saying like telling one of my coworkers because I was um that week my dad was in the hospital, I was with him and I was starting the new job and yeah. kind of mentioned to one of my coworkers because I was very visibly at a hospital on the call. Um and I was like, Yeah, every time I come into to visit, you know, every time I come home, someone ends up in the hospital. It's like the worst timing ever. I think I'm cursed or something. And my coworker was like, or maybe it's the best timing. Like it's best that you're there to help. And it's like, okay, that's a beautiful way to frame it. Sure. But it's like, okay, after <laughs> this many times, I'm kind of wondering if like, maybe I just should never go back again. <laughs> well, it's like yesterday, you know, we had that talk about like, how are you feeling about me coming in? Like I'm having some trepidation and I'm like, no, I'm in a great place. It's going to be yeah. all about you, and I'm going to make your space for you and Rail Bells so nice, yeah. and I can't wait to see you. And then this morning, I'm like, well, you got me fucked up. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our Nana is sick. My mom is sick. Like, boom, here Every we go. Every time, I'm like, damn, what is happening? It, it is funny, though, and we'll have to talk in another episode about, like, how intuitive our family is and like how connected Sarah and I are like we'll we'll table this for now but yeah. I did I called I woke up like was supposed to head in Sunday I woke up like 5 a.m Sunday morning just like randomly and I was just like overwhelming like every fiber in my being was like I do not want to go in like I felt mm -hmm. very negatively and so like a few hours at a more reasonable hour I called Sarah and was like 
I think I texted you first and said, yeah. I'm feeling really negative about coming in. Um, and I was like, are you feeling kind of negative? Because Sarah's very intuitive. Like, she usually has a really bad feeling before something bad happens. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll, we'll get into it in another episode about the intuitive stuff. It's kind of it creepy. It's cool, though. Yeah. Um, so I texted her and I was like, are you feeling negative feelings? And um, she was like, no, I'm actually not. Like, I'm in a great place. And she like, you know, I she called me and it like put me in a way better headspace. And I drove in and everything was great. And yeah, next day, here we are today. Fuck Monday. Like, seriously. Yeah, it has been a terrible it's day. It's been a terrible Monday. Yeah. Um, so, poof. I also had to get a dryer replaced today. I mean, yeah. you just name it. It happened. I had a ski trip with my brother planned. COVID just canceled it for the end of the week. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, it's just like, yay, here we are. Yeah, it's been one of those. Uh, and just, yeah, another day where you had to answer calls from the hospital. And then it brings up the feelings of like, well, should I go to the hospital? There's guilt the guilt. and shame and loss and all of it. Sadness. Like, you just feel sad for her. Because yeah. she is, she's in a very pitiful state. Um, and regardless of the fact that like, yes, you could say that she got herself here. Like, it's really hard to see a loved one in that, the state that she's in. Yep. And it's, it sucks. It's sad. Um, and it's just tough. It's like, what is the right answer? And it's not a clear black and white situation with a clear answer, like many things in life, uh, of course, but it's tough. It's complicated. Um, and it's just, it's been so ongoing. I mean, there was one, I remember one day I canceled, uh, we were supposed to go, we were going to have like an in-person office day, uh, at work one day. And I remember getting a text from Sarah, like, She's on life, you know, she's back in the hospital. She's on life support. If you want to call and say goodbye, like, call me. And, like, Sarah wasn't even being dramatic. Like, that's what the the hospitals and the nurses Mm -hmm. are saying. And this was, like, probably in, like, September, maybe. Yeah, I made Nana and Morgan's mom come and say goodbye because, I mean, I mean, she, her, her brain had been damaged. She couldn't speak. Like, she was in complete septic shock. They were basically, like, what codes do you want us to run? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, well, if you want to see her breathing still, this is your opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go into the office today because, you know, I'm going to make that phone call. And it's just been like, uh, like constantly every few weeks or every month. It's like we get that call and we prepare ourselves. I've seen her. I think last year I've there were two separate occasions I visited her in, in the hospital and mm-hmm. I kind of made my peace with myself of like, that's probably the last time I'll see my aunt. Right. Um, which I mean, it fucking sucks. Like it's just at the end of the day, like addiction is, I think the hardest thing to go through, Absolutely. watch your loved one go through one of the hardest. Things. I personally think it's worse than losing someone or yeah. any tragic event, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's like you have no control over something terrible. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. We have all these stories from the past, but it's also, like, things are very much ongoing. I mean, it's hitting us hard. Like, today hit us hard. Yeah. And, you know, we're just trying to roll with it and still, you know, keep our mental, you know, health astute. Morgan's like, I think I have COVID brain, and I'm like, it's called stress. <laughs> like, she keeps forgetting stuff and, like, can't get her thoughts together, and I'm like, yeah. 
That's what happens when all these, like, what, synapses or whatever yeah. are, like, going off because of trauma and stress that you can't get under control. Yeah, like, it's, like, ongoing pandemic stress, ongoing family <laughs> trauma, ongoing, and I'm just, like, my brain just doesn't work anymore. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been tough, and that's kind of what's going on with Sarah's mom, and... Which, of course, affects us both. Like, again, we've mentioned, like, it's just us on our mom's side, essentially. It's just our two mothers, our nana, and us at this point. Um, And so I had mentioned that, you know, my mom and I, after my breakup, the really difficult relationship, she wasn't drinking because she's living with our nana, you know, taking care of her. And and my mom and I got really close. I mean, we were talking every day as I was kind of going through this breakup and she was really supportive and it was the closest we have ever been. I, you know, I, I, I do think I've, I think I've touched on all yeah, of this. Which previously. I mean, like spinning the positive, like obviously Morgan has expressed like how bad that transition was for her, but it was like, oh, well, here's the silver lining. Like, yeah. this is the closest her and her mother have ever got to be together. So it's like, oh, well, maybe that's why this is happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then when I came in to visit for Thanksgiving, um, it was very clear that she had begun drinking again, um, and we basically tried to have a family gathering, um, and she was not sober, and it just turned into a really ugly argument, um, and it's funny because I, you know, have just even, going through therapy and even doing this podcast, I've had, like, so many, like, realizations, and so, like, I just, we were in a car together and, uh, I was just kind of like at the end of the argument, like sobbing and just saying like, why do you think I never feel good enough? It's because of this and this and this. And it was just like a really hurtful, sad argument. Um, and she said a lot of really hurtful things. And so I was like, I need to take a step back. We weren't speaking at all really. Um, and then I guess I had my surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a surgery. Um, and, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you guys. I, I, the surgery was a nose job. Um, and so part of that argument was like, why do you think Why do you think I'm getting a nose job? It's because you've always told me that my nose is ugly and I'm never good. At, it was a very dramatic crying argument. It um, was like gaslighting on steroids. Yeah. like... I'm getting a nose job because you've, like, cut me down by my nose <laughs> my entire life. Which, like, that's partly true. Like, it, it is something I've always been insecure about. It's not completely on her, like, and we can do a side note on plastic surgery at some <laughs> point, And I can talk more about, like, my journey with, like, self-love yeah. and acceptance and everything. Um, it, it's not completely, like, I hate this because my mother always said it. Right. Like, and was I, like, kind of laying it on thick with that argument at, in, at the time? Yes, I was. <laughs> um, but we kind of started speaking again after I had surgery. You know, I mean, I'm her only daughter. I'm her only child. And, you know, I did go under anesthesia. So, like, it was kind of like, okay, we're going to speak. So, I I don't think I necessarily was, like, completely just, like, totally forgiving. Like, I definitely had a lot of walls up. Um, but we were kind of getting to a better place again. And then, well, damn, now I'm not remembering. So you're getting to a little bit of a better place, and then we bought somebody a Christmas present. <laughs> but wait. I don't know. No, something happened before that. 
I don't even remember. I just know I didn't go in for Christmas because Sarah flew up to, like, take care of me. Because my surgery was, like, right before Christmas, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. We had some kind of phone call. She started to go down a path that I knew was not a good place for us to go. And I kind of just was like, oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for all of this, guys. Sorry. We're just COVID. doing this. I remember. It's my COVID. <laughs> it's my COVID trauma brain, even though I have yet to ever test positive for COVID. I remember. What happened was she tried to call me one evening. And she was not sober. And I answered, and I said, hello. And I could immediately tell she wasn't sober. And I said, I don't want to talk to you right now because you're not sober. Please call me back in the morning. And I just got off the phone. She called back multiple times and left <laughs> horrific voicemails. Uh, just, like, horrific. Like, saying, I mean, awful things about me, awful things about Sarah, told us to go to hell. Awful things about my child. Yeah, she even got into Sarah's child. I mean, it was just She like, might have even touched on the dogs, and it's like, okay, lady. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was truly a, like, horrific, very much verbally abusive voice, three voicemails. Like, one, the first one was three minutes. I think she got cut off. Yeah. So she left. And I mean, it, they're, they're insane. I mean, they're just like, it is clearly someone who is one, not sober, and two, has like severe mental illness for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I had, I had mentioned before too, like before this, after the kind of like November Thanksgiving argument, I sent that really long text mm-hmm. where I was like, you know, I love you and I wish more than anything that I could have a relationship with you. But when you're not sober, um, I can't have a relationship with you. Like I can't speak with you and you know, you can deny it all you want to me that, you know, you're not drinking and that you, you don't have a problem and you're, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, like I'm your daughter, I know you very well. And I can tell when, you know, you're on a substance. And I was just kind of like, look, you've had a lot of stuff happen to you in your life. And you know, it's not your responsibility or it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to heal. And I just, I don't know that we can ever have a, a relationship that I would like for us to have until you get help. And that was the one she didn't respond to that we talked about. And then there was a little bit in between that and the voicemails, maybe that night of her, I think what started triggering it was she was blaming everything on you. It was, you ruined Hickory. That's right. You ruined the holiday. You, you, you. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's when we told the gaslighting story. Yeah. Sorry we didn't have our facts straight. Hopefully this has been, you guys get the gist. I can't even talk. (laughs) Yeah. We're trying. Um, (laughs) Yes, that's right. That's when she had said, you ruined, Mm -hmm. you know, she was referring to Thanksgiving. And (laughs) she said, you always ruin it. And I was like, fuck this. I'm tired of being fucking gaslit. And then then the voicemails happened. Yes. Um. And we really haven't spoken since. Um, She texted me the next day to say, basically, it was a shitty, it wasn't even an apology. She said, "Um, Morgan, I'm sorry for my rant last night. Um, But then she went on to, like, criticize therapy and, like, make fun of therapy. And and I think she was like, I hope you didn't send it to Sarah, but if you did, like. Yeah, and then she was like, "Um, I'm just really run down right now. And I'm like. Dude, I get it. Like, you are caring for your mother and, like, you you know, helping to keep the family business going, whatever. But, like, that is not an excuse to say the things that you said. Like, they were horrible. No. Um, so that's been tough. I mean, that's been, like, a weird thing. And it's hard because, you know, our Nana, you know, she called me the other day. Oh, Actually, Lord. Sarah and I were on the phone just right before I came in. 
And we were doing the phone ghosting where we support each other on mute. Exactly. I'll say, oh, one of them is calling or we'll be like, oh, I have to call them back. You just put yourself on mute <laughs> exactly. and they don't know the other one's there. It's just there for moral support. Exactly. Um, but this was after the voicemails, obviously, just a couple of days ago before I was coming in and um, I was getting a phone call and I answered it. And I was I was already talking to Sarah. So I was like, put yourself on mute. I'm going to merge the calls. <laughs> and so Sarah got to hear and, and my Nana said, like, you need to honor your mother. Like, out the gate. Like, no, hey, how are you? Sorry your mom has been a crazy bitch. Like, straight up, how dare you? You need to honor your mother. Yeah, and I was just like, I mean, what I said was like, I am not going to be verbally abused. You know, I'm sorry, Nana. That, and I and I, I think I did. I mean, you heard it. I was like, Nana, I, I don't think it's worth you and I having this conversation because mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever see eye to eye on it. Um, well, I think the first thing you did was you said, please explain to me what you mean. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> Which that's such a great thing to do. Whether someone says something like verbally abusive, condescending, racist or whatever, <laughs> and you want to question it, you kind of just play dumb and be like, what do you mean by that? That is what I did. It was so good. I said, what do you mean by that? And then what did she say? She couldn't explain herself. Yeah, she just repeated herself, I think. Um, And that's when I was like, yeah, no, like... Like, basically, she's your mother, and it's like, I hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. (laughs) What is your point? (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm aware she's my mother, but I'm not going to put up with verbal abuse, period. Um, And then she apologizes for her. Well, I'm sure she's sorry. That's what, yeah, you're right. I'm she did sure say that. she's sorry. And I said, well, she hasn't actually apologized. And then my mom gets on the phone because they have like <laughs> office phones up there. And she's like, do not burden your nana with this. And she's like screaming at me and cussing at me. And then I think they hung up. They're the ones that called you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, first of all, nana brought this up, not me. And y'all called me, but okay. <laughs> Oh, before the real hateful voicemails, there was also this session of voicemails left on my phone where they were calling to be petty with me and didn't know that they were recording voicemails. Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) And so there's these voicemails where they don't know they're recording or they do know they're recording, but they can't get hung up. That's right. My mom was screaming in the background, you're recording a voicemail! (laughs) And they're like, she's not going to answer. She's not going to pick up. <laughs> and they left a voicemail. Yeah, it's in the middle of the work day. I'm on a meeting. <laughs> the fucking voicemails. I swear to God. We might have to play some at some point. I I'm still debating, like, ethically if that feels okay. You know, I've thought about that in some of our chats with Nick. Shout yeah. out to Nick. We love Nick. Um, if we were to mask the voice... <laughs> do like a robot like the police voice they do in like 60 minutes yeah or they have the shadow and the I like just, i mean unless you experience this firsthand i don't know if anyone can really get the full i think it is something you guys need to experience i think well we probably will play it at some point just because like it's yeah you can't fully under you comprehend can't until... even explain it it's crazy um yeah so you know, kind of dealing, obviously dealing with that and then dealing with the thought of like, you know, our Nana is old and sick. You know, she's 80. She's old. I'm going to say something. 80 something. I'm, I'm going to hell. So we were just over there and she has pulmonary disease and she is wheezing really bad. And my sinuses are obviously dry and messed up and I have sinus disease anyways. So like my hearing's a little off. I have a dog that snores all the time. 
even when he's awake. And her rattle, I kept thinking I heard my dog snoring while we were over there. And I kept meaning to say something to you like, do you hear Spencer? Oh my God. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. I mean, she's sick. Like she's... It's bad. Yeah. And it's like, you know, back in the day when she was younger... And would pull this shit on me and do all, like, the high school stuff that we've talked about. You know, all of that. You didn't graduate. You're a failure. I would really push back and argue. I put a lot of energy into it. And I don't really do that nowadays just because she is so old. Um, But she's still just as... I mean, she's still just as mean at And verbally times. abusive, and yes. And she's over there, like, rattling with her breathing. It's terrible. And it's like, but she still has the wit to be mean as shit. You know, literally, yeah. Um, and so I think about that. I think about, like, you know, the stress that they have with Sarah's mom. And, like, I just feel sorry for both of them. Mm-hmm. All three of them, of course. And then, like... I think about my mom and, like, the stress she's under, and it's just, like, do I need to have, like, I haven't quite figured out, like, what's right in terms of my boundaries. Like, she is extremely verbally abusive to me. She doesn't show up as a mother, but it's also, like, I have a lot of pity and sympathy for her. And so... It's such a horrible dynamic, and it is what is right. So, like, for instance, tonight, you know, Morgan is so good about dedicating her time to see them every time she comes in and going out of her way and it's been real shitty the last couple weeks so the fact that today she was like I think I'm gonna go for dinner do you want to go and I'm just like this is like a death trap you know like you're about to put yourself intentionally into a very stressful situation and it's already been a hard Monday you know but it's like what is the answer we We went and got the food from the restaurant that they wanted. We went and sat and had awkward, as good as we could, side talk with them. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to spend time with them. It's like, what what is the right answer? Right, because it's like, I either go visit them and deal with the stress and feeling like I'm, like, compromising my boundaries when it comes to accepting verbal abuse. Like, I don't want them to think that, like, especially my mom, think, that she can leave me voicemails like that and then I'm still going to come see her. But then it's like the guilt and everything. But I think the conclusion that I've come to, and this is kind of like my advice. I had a three hour phone call with um, a friend that I reconnected with who was kind of discussing a, not a similar situation, but there were parallels. And I kind of gave this advice. And it's so funny how like we're often much better at giving other people advice than our own selves. But yes, I really was like, oh, wait, this is the answer. Um, Maybe not the answer, but it feels like the best answer I've had in a while is just kind of like getting to a point of accepting that like my mom may never be sober. She may never, probably will never be sober, probably will never go get the help that I want her to get. We will probably never have the relationship that I want us to have. So if I can get to a point where I drop all of those expectations, all of the hope of what I wish it could be and what I want it to be and all of the me putting an effort to like teach her things and give her lectures or encourage her or whatever and just drop all of that and accept her for who she is right now in this moment without any just just that and then go from there and then say okay this is who she is this is who she's always going to be I'm not going to try to change her I'm accepting that where do I go from there what are my boundaries from there because I mean to be honest I have never operated from that 
point. Mm -hmm. I have operated from, if I just teach her about verbal abuse, if I just teach her about how she's gaslighting me, if I just encourage her enough and just hope that we can get to this point with a relationship that I want us so badly to have. I just want to have a quote unquote normal mother daughter relationship, even with my Nana too, same things apply. If we can drop all of that and even with your mom, drop all of it, drop the hope, drop the expectations and just say, then meet them where they're at and then go from there of like, okay, can I find good moments with them? Mm-hmm. Can I put in boundaries that work? It Maybe it doesn't have to be either they get better and we have a relationship or we're completely estranged. Right. Like it's like that gray area that I think makes is one most realistic and two, probably the only option really. Yeah. And three, the healthiest. I mean, that's probably like the most beautiful synopsis perspective I've heard like that's yeah thank you awesome that you put that together well I did it giving advice to someone else yeah because <laughs> we love people and then I was like oh wait that's you know, me I mean honestly any time that I've spent with my mom and I've had some friends like ask deeply like why are you going to spend time with her yeah and it really kind of comes from that place like I know what the past is I know what my expectations are for her now at the end of the day She's a human. She was my mom. Yeah. She is my mom. I want to show her that I love her. I think that she, even after everything that's happened, it's not my place to punish her. Yeah. I think that she deserves to feel loved mm-hmm. and cared for. And, you know, if I'm in a place where I can give that, then I'm going to. But selfishly at this point, if I'm not in that place, I'm not going to expend myself anymore. Yeah, I don't think, I fully support that. I don't think you should. And just the reminder that our boundaries are not for them. Our boundaries are not to fix them. Our boundaries are for us. Correct. And if we can put boundaries in place through the lens of who the the person is at that moment and Mm -hmm. not a lens of what we want them to be, I think that's, that's it. That's the sweet spot. Yeah. As sweet as it can be. It's all about you. Mm -hmm. Trusting yourself, your mental health, your boundaries, what's good for you. Yeah, because I even tonight when Sarah and I went to go see my mom and our Nana, um, you know, there were some not great moments, um, but there were some nice moments. Like yeah. there were some moments that like I could look back on someday and say, oh, yeah, that was a pleasant conversation. Yes. Um, and I think that's what you have to do with this shit. Another thing that I think a lot about and also discussed in this three hour phone call yesterday was like family obligations and this may have to be another episode too, but like, is are they there? I don't right. know. Like, if it actually is better for your mental health and your life to not have someone in your family in your life at all, that's okay. Like, I think society yeah. puts a weird pressure and too much pressure on family. Like, if someone was really toxic in your life and wasn't family, like, you would end that relationship. You would end a friendship. Right. You would break up with them. Whatever, you know, quit the job that doesn't serve you, whatever. But when it, for whatever reason, if it's someone biological, it's like, that's not allowed. Or if you have, like, years of history, that's not allowed. Yeah. It, that, I would love to dive into that. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think about it a lot. I'm like, what is that obligation? Like, me yeah. living away from home, I'm like... Well, we've what been is drilled this by, like, it's your family. Well, especially women, too. Yeah. Have more of a pressure to, like, take care of your family. And... I think I just sounded like your gremlin. <laughs> yeah, your voice doesn't help. <laughs> Look, I came into this closet feeling anxious and stressed. I'm feeling so much better. I love Me that too. you guys yeah. 
are here with us and spend this time with us and we want to hear feedback we want to hear just give it all to us but also i might be intoxicated from morgan's flatulence i'm not really sure <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's, been it's been a been minute, a minute. <laughs> surely it's gone I just thought there was more. No, I don't think so. I think I think I've been relaxed since we started the podcast. <laughs> the stress stomach ache went away. Yeah, no, I I I genuinely do feel so much better. Uh and hopefully you guys feel the same. Like at the very least, this has been so therapeutic for yes. us. We hope it has been for you too. I mean, there you guys are listening still and we're this is episode twelve, so Yeah. There's something here. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I hope that is realization is helpful. Um, this shit is fucking hard. That's why we're here talking about it. Um, yeah. but we're trying to figure it out and we're trying to do, do the best we can. And yeah. I think we're doing a pretty good job of that. And I mean, the thing is like we've established before, like our trauma is in the past, but it's also the present and the future. So it's like just giving you guys a window into this is not just all funny, like little kid stories. Like this is stuff that we're dealing with as adults on our Zoom calls, trying to work while the hospital's <laughs> calling. Literally like on a today. regular basis. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. It's ongoing and, um, we're just trying to figure it out and navigate it and we're doing the best we can and we know you guys are too. So that's our that's our 2022 state of the union update. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also can I mention that we're in like 18 countries now? Oh my god, yeah, we have we have listeners and i believe it is 18 countries 18 countries you guys. That's crazy. Shout out we have Canada, Germany, India, um Estonia. Sure. Yeah. Like... I don't remember the other ones, but hey, shout Bra- out. Brazil. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was Brazil. We need to look at the list again. We do. Um, like, I mean, this is the thing. We just want to... Sweden. We... Yeah. Sorry. Norway. Yeah. We want to create community because we can't do this alone. Nobody can do this alone. We yeah. need help. <laughs> yeah. And we want to hear your, how you guys are navigating this stuff and, and all the things. So um, please join us on Facebook in our Facebook group. And this is the first time I'm going to say this. And sorry, but I'm doing it. Um, if you would, be so kind as to rate and review. Yes. Um, so that this can reach more people. Which is, we're not, you know, being greedy here. We're just really trying to help people and community yeah we're trying to build a community because it takes a village yes we're still you know managing our freaking jobs every day it's not like we're trying to make money (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly we We are killing ourselves every day to still make the dollar (laughs) we both were in meetings all all day day. (laughs) so shut up but anyways yeah if you could rate and review that would be so kind. We would love that. Yes. Every podcast says that. So, like, we had to say it at some point. We made it through 11 episodes without asking. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Um, But we love you guys, truly. And thank yes. you for listening, as always. And You might have to hear me again like this. I don't know. Everything's gonna... so uncertain today at this time, you guys, in our world and environment. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> Sarah, knows? hopefully you guys can understand and hear uh, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the annoyance, but well, we love you. Reach out to us, connect with us, take care of yourself. Yeah, we love you. Bye.